Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. God bless you, family. I hope you're having a great Sunday. Um, That was amazing worship, and we're just so grateful that you're joining us, whether it's Sunday or Monday, whenever you're catching our service online. If you you get a chance, share our service with someone that you think needs to hear um, the message of the gospel and get some uplifting and enriching um, teaching in their lives. Go ahead and do that. We hope that someone will be blessed that really needs that worship experience or really needs to hear a timely message. So we hope you are doing well. And I'm excited to continue our sermon series, Night and Day. This sermon series is focused on the reality that Jesus never changes, whether it's night or day, whether it's dark or bright, regardless of how you feel, regardless of what you see, regardless of what is going on around us, Jesus never changes. He's the I am, the self-sufficient one. And so we are going through the seven I am statements that Jesus makes about himself in the book of John. So if you are just catching up with us, go back and watch those messages. Read the seven I am statements in John's gospel. And uh, I know it's gonna bless you. When, as you go, as you go to John chapter 10, I wanna just remind you that when God introduced himself to Moses in Exodus chapter three, he says, I am. He called himself Yahweh, this is his name. And it means I am. When Moses asked God, who shall I say has sent me to take the people of Israel out of Egypt? God responded, I am that I am. Now Moses' context was he was raised in, in Egypt surrounded by uh, lots and lots of gods, over 2,000 deities for the ancient Egyptians. And so he's not sure who's talking to him. He sees this bush burning and this voice is telling him to take off his sandals because it's holy ground. And, and when he asks this God's name, God responds, I am that I am. Whether I'm not the sun God, I'm not the river God, I'm not the, 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 the God of the crops or, the, or war, I am the self-sufficient, self-sustaining one. He is one. And so today we are talking about how God is all-sufficient, self-sustaining. He doesn't need things to go well, to, to do well, and to be well. Regardless of how we're feeling about him, it doesn't make him less or more because he is Yahweh, the I am. And the last couple of weeks, we've talked about two I am statements. The first one was, I am the bread of life. Pastor Matt did a great job speaking on Christ's statement. I am the bread of life. I am the one that satisfies you and fulfills you and makes you whole. I'm the one that strengthens you. And last week we spoke on, I am the light of the world. He is the one who gives light. His life gives us light brings perspective, brings color, brings um, uh, healing and warmth and perspective. He is the light of the world. And so today in John chapter 10, we're gonna read where Christ calls himself the gate or the door. John chapter 10, verses seven through 10. 
read, therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am, that's the I am statement, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. Again, verse nine, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they, the sheep, may have life and have it to the full. So Christ's I am statement, we have I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world. And here he says, I am the gate for the sheep. Now, something that I think would help us is if we just consider what, what does Jesus mean? And, and we can kind of grasp it better. If we try to put ourselves back in first century Palestine, how did people take care of sheep? Well, there were typically two types of sheep pens. The first one is the kind you would find in town, in your community. And these sheep pens were considered more permanent structures. And they might be built into the side of a hill or maybe into the side of a barn. Um, and these were well-constructed pens that had um, three walls, maybe a fourth wall, and a permanent fixed gate or door that they would latch and they would lock. And if they had sheep in there, they might post a shepherd to stand guard so that no one would come and steal the sheep. But the sheep were relatively safe because they were locked in place. The second type of sheep pen is the one that Christ is referring to here. And this is when shepherds would take their sheep and they would go out to look for uh, water and, and, and grass and, and they would nomadic, in a nomadic way, they would travel with their sheep and they would have to construct these temporary sheep pens. And they were usually just barriers maybe made out of stones or rocks that were kind of put around and they weren't permanent structures. There was no real stability other than what they could put together with what they found around them. And there was no way to permanently create a door. And so typically the shepherd would lay at this entrance, the one entrance that this one gap in the fence where they would bring the sheep in and lead the sheep out. And the shepherd might lay there and sleep at the door so that no wild animal would be able to come in and so that the sheep would not be able to escape and wander off. This is the door that Christ is referring to. He is the gate. He is the one that keeps us safe. He is the one that protects us from ourselves, just wandering off. He protects us from uh, animals that might want to come in and consume us. So this is the gate. And so I want to look at three things that the gate or the door shuts out or closes on and three things that the gate opens up us up to. The first is that he is the gate that closes on vulnerability. He's the gate that closes on vulnerability. Now, if you think about sheep, they're kind of like rabbits, only they're worse off because rabbits 
The defense mechanism of a rabbit is that they're quick and they go into a hole to protect themselves from a fox or a wolf or a hunter. Sheep aren't quick and they don't burrow and they don't climb trees. In fact, they're even missing teeth on the upper front. They don't even have all their teeth. So the only thing that sheep can do is huddle together in a, in a pack. And so when Christ compares us in the scriptures, compare us to sheep, inherent in that analogy is that you and I, without a shepherd, are especially vulnerable. When we are on our own without a chief shepherd to care for us and to feed us and to protect us, then we are vulnerable. But when we come to Christ and we enter into his security, into his domain, into his family, now he stands sentinel and protects us from those vulnerabilities. Now you and I, we are used to worrying We're used to being concerned and anxious. But when we come to Christ, we should receive the admonition that that Paul makes to not be anxious for anything. The vulnerability that we were born into is now removed. The door of Christ should now close off or shut out our anxiety and our worry. Why? Because we we are now not shepherdless. We are not out there wandering on our own, but we now have a shepherd who defends us. Jesus is the security of our lives. All kinds of worry. If we're not careful, all kinds of worry will beset us. Worries of finances, finances, worries of health. We'll be worried about being accepted. We'll be worried about Tomorrow, But for those of us who have been born again, who believe in the, in the work of Christ on the cross and have given him our lives, worry should begin to be defeated. Worry should not find its way into our lives. Why? Not because we're smart or capable, not because we're lucky and not because we're good, but because we have a shepherd, a good shepherd, that is the door. He is literally the door that defends us from being vulnerable. Now, I know someone needs to hear that today that might be feeling vulnerable to the times, to the setting, to the unique struggles of our season here in 2020, where it seems like it was murder hornets and then it was COVID and then it was riots and now it's fires and terrible air. But can I just... Can I just remind you today that Jesus is the door of your life. No one can come in and take you. No one can come in and take advantage of you. He is the door that should protect us from all vulnerability. Number two is that he's the gate that closes or shuts on our wandering, on our wandering sheep, tend to get lost. Now, they're not known to be the smartest animal in the animal kingdom. I I actually learned they're not as, you know, unintelligent as I thought, but they're certainly not the quickest in class. I I can relate to that. Um, But sheep spend their entire life 
grazing. And they're not capable of finding their way back home. In fact, because sheeps, the sheep's defense mechanism is simply to huddle together, when a predator does come and scatters the, the fold, sheep get lost. This is why Christ uses the parable of the lost sheep. The shepherd counts and will go after the one that is lost. When a predator comes, they tend to run. And so when we are threatened, we can tend to wander. Now, you and I may have spent a lifetime doing this, that we have our goals, we have our agendas. You, you, could, you, could, you can apply this to any part of your life and you, you prayerfully consider goals and you, you get some collaboration maybe with your spouse or a coworker. But when we're threatened, we tend to run off. We tend to panic. And we don't really know where we're going. We just think we gotta do something. And we can easily get separated from the fold. What the door does is when it's night, when predators are at their greatest threat, when it's not a time to meander and wander, when it's a time to be safe and secure, when it's night, Christ is the door. And he keeps us from wandering off into our own directions, into our own problems and habits and default mindsets. He's the door that keeps us where we are safe. He's the gate that closes off our wandering. He's the one that keeps us close to him. Without him, we'll get lost. The third thing that the gate closes on is on being led astray. Being led astray. In verse seven, it says, therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. Now, sheep, because they tend, because they are, they're, uh, they're, animals of a herd mentality, it really is true that if one sheep walks off a cliff, they all will. In fact, I actually looked it up, and in 2005, in Turkey, 400 sheep wandered off a cliff to their death, and they were followed by another like 800, there were like, oh, there were 1,100 others. So the 400 sheep that fell and died cushioned the fall of like another 1,100 sheep. They just went. And the article that I read said that the shepherds just looked at in horror at these sheep just plummeting to their death, falling a great distance because they just are easily led astray. They didn't even need to be panicked, to run off a cliff. They just followed the wrong leader. And so Christ is the door that if we stay close to him and allow him, now he's, he's a gentleman now. He, he, this is a relationship of the will. We choose to remain. If we choose to remain in his fold, 
He is the door. And every time we are tempted to go out that door and follow another leader, another influence, he, by the power of his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit convicts us and speaks to us and throws up stop signs and says, no, no, don't go this way. And we can resist him because we have freedom of the will. But if we listen, if as we bump them into the door, we realize I'm not supposed to do that. I'm not supposed to think that. I'm not supposed to go there. I'm not supposed to make decisions like that. Then we will enjoy the safety. Why? Because he has no intention of taking advantage of us. He has no intention of controlling us like a puppet. His only intention is to have a loving relationship with his children that keeps us safe and well. He's the gate. He's the door that keeps us from being led astray. He, the door that closes on those things that can hurt us, those things that are dangerous. On the flip side of that, he is the door that opens up to wonderful blessings. He's the gate, first and foremost, that opens to salvation. He's the gate that opens the door to salvation. He says in verse nine, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Can I just, can I just remind us, and maybe there is someone who is hearing the message today who has yet to make a firm commitment to Christ, or maybe you've been distracted. There is no other way to be saved. There is no salvation for the soul. There is no amount of good works that you can do that would earn heaven. There's no amount of penance that you can make that would eradicate your sin. There are Christian traditions that, that lead people into uh, hurting themselves, literally, physically hurting themselves, whipping themselves or, 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 or walking on their knees for miles and bleeding and suffering as a sort of penance or paying a price for their sin. Can I just tell you that there is nothing we can do that would take away our sin and stain and allow us to enter into the Holy of Holies with God? That's why Jesus died. He is the way to eternal salvation. And if you're hearing this, at the end of this message, you're gonna have an opportunity to accept Christ as your savior and begin a real journey, not a pseudo-spiritual journey and not a religious journey, not a behavior that is all talk and no transformation. You're gonna be invited to accept Christ in your heart and allow him to break down those things that have kept you bound He'll heal your heart. He'll wash away your sin. He will save your soul because he is the only one who can. There's no other way. But he doesn't just save us eternally. Can I just tell you, he saves us in every other way as well. If given the opportunity to be the door, the access to the kingdom of God in his kingdom, in his will, in his plans for us, our healthy marriages and healthy children and self-restraint, 
uh, self-discipline, self-control in his will, in his ways. He can save us from habits that are destructive, from, from words that we can never take back. In his will is peace of mind and healthy relationships all around. In his will is not a love for money or a love of the things of this world, but a love for God and people. He is the way to salvation. There are those who have millions of dollars, but still fear. He saves us from fear. There are those with many followers on social media, but they still feel alone. He saves us. He's the door that saves us. He's the access to salvation from loneliness. There are many who have earned awards and accolades but they still suffer from low self-esteem. Can I just tell you, he is the way, he is the door, he is the access to taking away our insecurity. In him is all that we need. He is the way, he is the door to salvation, but he's also the gate that opens to freedom. And I love this, how Jesus puts this is powerful. First, in verse nine, he says, they will come in and go out and find pasture. I'm gonna say that again. The first part of that is, and they will come in and go out. There is a insight and a reference to freedom. He is the access to freedom. Friend, if you're hearing me today, do not buy into the lie that the, the only thing the world has to offer us in terms of freedom is freedom for freedom's sake. And freedom for freedom's sake leads to bondage. This idea that I should be able to do whatever I want, whatever makes me happy in the moment, I should be able to do that. Can I tell you that is the path to addiction, that's the path to broken relationships, that is the path to regret. And when someone lives their life that way, they look back and they feel broken and depressed and distraught at the selfish life they lived. This is not about freedom for freedom's sake. That freedom leads to captivity. Captivity, again, of alcohol or drugs or regret. The cell, the prison of regret and lost time. That's not the freedom that Christ gives. He gives a freedom that allows us to enjoy living out our lives under his gracious and loving protection. He created us so he knows how we're best free and he knows what we should be free to do. The freedom that he gives us does not lead us to greater captivity, but it leads us to power and it leads us to significant living and it leads us to real love, not love to get love, not love to get something in return, but love simply because Christ loved us and we're suddenly free to love no matter what the person does. That's why Jesus says, if someone slaps you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. If someone makes you go a mile, go too. Why? We have the freedom to do it because we're no longer identifying with 
how someone else views us, but rather we identify as sons and daughters because of how Christ views us. This is freedom. We are his sheep that are free to come as he leads us and go as he leads us. And we get to enjoy his protection and his provision, those still waters, those green pastures. Freedom. And that gate also finally leads to fullness of life. Again, the verse says they will come in and go out and find pasture. I love it. Psalm 23, so beautiful, right? He leads me beside quiet waters. He, ref- he leads me to places where I can be refreshed and restored. The imagery, he is the gate, he is the door, he is the access to fullness of life. What does a sheep want? You want some nice green grass, and still waters, I learned that they actually are afraid of rushing water or moving water. And so it has to be relatively placid water, still waters. Again, Psalm 23 there um, testifies to that. He leads us beside quiet waters. He feeds us. He waters us. And we rest there. He restores my soul, David says in Psalm 23. Food is that sustenance of the soul. He is the bread of life. He is the access. He is the door to those things that really will heal you and support you and feed you. He leads us beside quiet waters. That's satisfaction. I've learned in my older age, I'm getting old, is I, where I used to reach for a Pepsi Now I know I need some ice cold water. There's something about how water just quenches and hydrates and and satisfies. There's nothing like it. I, I like how other things taste better than water, but nothing satisfies like water. He leads us. He's the door. He's the access to to graze, to feed, to drink and be satisfied and to rest where we can regain our strength. I'm just gonna end with this. And then I'll let you go. In these troubling times, when we are tempted to panic, when we're feeling threatened and we're tempted to run, kind of like a sheep, away from the flock, away from a shepherd, regardless of the boundaries, the doors that Christ wants to help instill or establish to keep us safe, we're tempted to run. Can I just tell you that that temptation is a part of our broken nature. Now more than ever, we need to rest, we need to be fed, and we need to be satisfied by Christ. There is no substitute to that. He's the real deal. There are a million counterfeits. There are a million fake doors. And there are plenty of door salesmen saying, this is the way to completion. This is the way to hope. This is the way to joy. If you go this direction, if you go through this door, if you go do this diet, you'll be happy and popular. If you take this class, you'll become a millionaire. If you take the door to this uh, um, avenue or this process, then All of the things you've wanted are gonna finally be given to you. Can I just tell you that those are all counterfeit doors with 
Counterfeit door salesmen, Christ isn't selling you a thing. He's paid the price to provide you the door, the way for you to be well and to enjoy a fullness of life even at night, even when the times are darkened by the, the sounds of protests or the, the news of COVID or the air is filled with ash from fires, can I just tell you that no matter how dark the night, he can provide you the fullness of life because that life is found in him. Where he is, life is. So family, I encourage you today, he is the self-sufficient, self-sustaining one, the I am, he is the gate, the door, it shuts out the things we don't need. It protects us. And it opens up our lives to experiences that we cannot have apart from him. Stay close to him. Let him be the door. Let him call the shots on what comes in and what needs to stay out. And let him call the shots on where you go and where you rest. It will go better for us if we do. I love you, family. We are here to serve you. If you have a need, please let us know. We're praying for you and we'll see you next week. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.